Hello, and welcome to the Wicked Awesome Podcast. As always, thank you for listening. I'm happy to say, other than a loss of smell, I have fully recovered from COVID. I'm able to work, play music, had band practice a couple days ago, do Zumba, laugh, and just generally be happy. I'm grateful so much to for so many things, most namely just being healthy once again. And emotionally, I feel far better than I did a week ago. Woo! It's just good to be back in the routine again. All of those who reached out while I was sick, I, again, thank you. My short episodes regarding relationships, dating, love, from my perspective of being slightly over the age of 50 and uh, being single, have received many listens. And I continue to have many of you share your own thoughts, which I will always and continue to appreciate. And going along this same theme in this episode, I want to talk about the damaged goods concept. Many of you regular listeners have heard me talk about the used food store. The used food store is a place where expired, damaged, or unpopular items from grocery stores or distributors go for a second life. These are commonly known as liquidation stores. The items are sold at a discount, and oftentimes this discount is quite considerable. I shop there to buy candy, because you can't go wrong with a $2 package of 20 mini bags of peanut M&Ms, can you? Starbucks coffee, which is a good 2 to $3 less than you'll pay for it at the grocery store, and breakfast cereal. Who cares if that box is damaged, or if uh, maybe it's just the clearish package of cereal without the box, you know, huh, it's fine. It's fine. Every once in a while, I may even find a canned item of interest. I'm a sucker for white beans and chili sauce. Also, fire-roasted diced tomatoes. I can always seem to find those there. Those are great to add to pasta dishes with a little bit of butter, deglazing the pan. Good stuff. I do cut myself short on the barbecue pork-flavored Pringles, which they tend to have there by the case. Probably there's a marketing person at the Pringles headquarters that uh, most definitely did not get his quarterly bonus on that one. Uh, If they're there by the case, obviously not a very popular item, and you'd be hard-pressed for me to even try one of those. Barbecue pork flavored chips? Ugh! I just, uh, it just seems wrong. Just mesquite barbecue, yes. Regular barbecue, yes. But barbecue pork? Ugh! Makes you wonder if there's a barbecue chicken one as well. Though these items have some external flaws uh, and no longer meet the FDA uh, criteria for normal retail sale, they're still as good as they were when they were first put in a box at the factory being ready for delivery. Why do I mention all this? Well, I mention this as I lead into discussing us Gen Xers who are single. Uh, Because guess what, people? 
We are all damaged goods. Gen Xers who are single, you are. Accept it. We're damaged goods. Face the music and truly come to this simple fact of life. Physically, many of us have, have had injuries which prevent us from doing activities we once enjoyed. We may have sore knees, hurting hips, uh, and some of us have had one or both of these replaced. We may have neck or back pain and go to the chiropractor weekly to get tweaked. Allergies, allergies that were non-present in our youth have emerged. Many of us now are gluten-free, dairy-free, avoid tomatoes, sulfites, and pollen season may give us significant trouble, uh, as in the past it didn't used to. Cucumbers may give us stomach pains, and at the end of the week, we may have to have a really big, consume a really big mug of sanity to kind of get things moving digestively. Erectile dysfunction becomes a reality for many men. Long gone are the days of instant firmness from the wind blowing in just the right direction. Along with this life-altering inconvenience may come a loss in sexual desire as well. You know, and with, you know, as we lose that desire, a ball game on the television may be of more interest. Sleep certainly takes precedence over uh, most days. And the feeling of just not feeling attractive all contribute to this loss of sexual desire. And I don't want to speak too much about female equivalencies of erectile dysfunction. I will never have to go through menopause, but understand more than a few in my generation are likely going to have a rough experience with this. I know this is a pivotal time for most women to go through, and it comes with physical unpleasantries like hot flashes, potential weight gain, vaginal dryness, and also a loss of sexual desire. Again, I'm, I'm not female, and I, I'm just going with the information I have seen or been told. That might be an interesting episode to do, just an episode on menopause. You know what? I think I'll do that sometime. I'll, if any of you women out there want to talk about menopause and want to be on the Wicked Awesome podcast, please reach out. I can even keep your name anonymous. I can do one of those things where I muffle your voice so you'll sound like this like a morbid adult Charlie Brown character. The emotional aspects of getting older may be even more profound. At this point in our lives, we have had the experience of losing someone who was close to us due to death. Many of us have lost more than one person. We also have had our heartbrokens. Heart's broken, yeah. Uh, sometimes more than once. We have likely lived in many places and have experienced financial hardships of one kind or another. Though we take for granted the many successes we have had over the years, we often focus too much on our failures. And yes, in our own minds, we have failed at something. Uh, some of us may 
believe that we failed at many things. We are certainly at an age where we can comfortably say we have, we now have life experience. If we don't realize what our strengths are, we should. And this is where it's important to listen to those people around you. If someone gives you a compliment, really appreciate that moment and recognize what you do well. Truly take that compliment to heart. It's difficult for many of us to, it's difficult for me to do, but do it because they recognize the strength that you have. We should also realize our weaknesses and accept what we can't change about ourselves. I was mentioning how physically we can't do what maybe we used to be able to do. But also, I think of myself as being a relatively shy person who is sometimes awkward in social situations. I have always been this way, along with being a bit of an introvert. This part of me is not going to change. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow be, and all of a sudden be extroverted in the life of the party. This doesn't mean I should hide from people, as I have had a tendency to do in the past. But what it does mean is that I don't have to feel the need to impress others in any situation, but uh, to the point in social situations. This realization allows me to breathe, really listen to others, and speak when I believe I have something of value to add to the conversation. I've heard that Quakers only speak when they believe, uh, when they feel compelled to speak. I think about that often. You don't, we get to, some, many people get to this awkward point where they feel like they have to say something. But it's okay to say nothing and just listen. And you'll be surprised how often you do speak due to the fact you feel compelled to. And once you get into those situations, you uh, certainly can breathe easier. It's helped me. I know that. So single Gen Xers tip their toes into the dating pool. Many, like myself, for the first time in decades, we do so as damaged goods. And you know what? Much like the goods at the used food store, we're perfectly fine. When we dated in our 20s, we may forget how easy it actually was. There are many challenges to dating in your 50s that uh, you didn't have to face when you're dating in your 20s. We were new back when we were in our 20s, in our adolescence, where we still had so much, so much to learn. Many of us now are in our careers, raised our kids, own our homes, and maybe counting the years to retirement. Snow now adding dating to the mix. It's like, yikes, what now? I was able to find an article online, a website called Best Life. I'll share the source. I am very good about citing my sources in my notes that discusses reasons why dating in your 50s is so difficult. The title of the article is 17 Reasons Dating in Your 50s is Challenging. According to experts, uh, that's, the, that's part of the title too, so it's 17 Reasons Dating in Your 50s is Challenging, according to experts. And how about I mention these right now?
Number one, you may lack confidence. While I was married, I never really thought too much of how attractive I was. I mean, I did shower often and wear nice clothes to work. But I knew my wife loved me for all of my imperfections. Um, I have had a desire to always be healthy, even, even uh, while I was married. However, when you're raising kids and struggling financially, being attractive really isn't the highest priority. Other people's needs become your priority for the first time in your life, and that's where your energy is focused, as it should be. My ex-wife and I were in survival mode for many years during our marriage. Now that I'm single, how I look is important yet, yet again. Uh, and this is a good thing, as I eat better and I exercise more. That being said, I still have a ways to go in, in feeling confident. It's really, I mean, really, really difficult for me to admit I have low self-esteem. I feel like it shows low confidence, and I believe that's not very attractive to other people. Confidence is sexy. I've said that before. But building confidence just takes a while. I do have hope that my low self-esteem will change. And initially, joining the dating scene is scary at this age because we seek validation. And we're quick to resign ourselves to not receiving this. But with a belief that there's somebody out there for us for me, does come confidence. But this may take a while. Uh, number two, reason why dating in your 50s is challenging? You may feel out of practice. And I'm not sure if I have felt this way while dating, but maybe you have. I mean, I don't know what it means to be out of practice. Can you hold? I know I can hold a conversation. I know I can be polite. I know I can listen, so uh, I don't know if that's a prevalent fear among many people in our generation. I don't know. Again, I'd love to hear your feedback. Do you feel out of practice when it comes to dating? Number three, you feel disconnected from the dating scene. And this one I had to think about. So in my case, I do feel slightly disconnected from the dating scene because I no longer drink. So meeting up in a bar is possible, but uh, I am not going to drink anything alcohol worthy. But I so that kind of gives me a little bit of a disconnect. And I don't like to stay out too late. And a lot of this has to do go hand in hand with drinking. If you drink, you tend to want to stay out more. Um, I get to a point where I can hang out with people who are drinking for a while, but then there's a turning point where they continue, they're drunk and they're likely to get drunker, and I'm not going to be wanting to be around them because drunk people really annoy me. Uh, so I go home. I go home. So there is a little bit of a disconnect there. Number four, you've put too much pressure on yourself. I know I did this shortly after my divorce, this belief that I had to get back out there. Uh, there's this 
fear that drives you that you're somehow going to be alone. And again, just seeking that validation. It's understandable that you do want to get back out there. You want that type of validation. Uh, and you don't want to believe that you're missing out on an opportunity that might be readily present. But you know what? Don't put too much pressure on yourself. When the time comes, you'll know. Number five, uh, being divorced adds complexity to dating. And it's true uh, because when you go out with another person, will that person just constantly talk about their divorce or their ex? And we, I think it's important to listen to a point. However, many people obsess about their past and their ex, and that's all they talk about, and that can get exhausting. And also, where are they in their lives? Are they still raising kids? Are there young kids at home? Do they Are they seeking a parental figure? Um, and if you're not interested in that, uh, you shouldn't date a person, obviously. But it's just a, I mentioned this as the idea listed here is divorce adds complexity to dating, and it most certainly does. But also, with divorce, you have had the experience of being in a relationship and being single after a divorce also gives you time to kind of reflect of uh, what you value. What you value from yourself and what you value from another person. What you value in a relationship. Number six is everybody has baggage. And it, I just added, and it's okay. It goes back to the the damaged goods. We're all damaged goods. And it's okay. Number seven, you may be emotionally drained. Well, if you're emotionally drained because uh, you've had your heart broken, a difficult divorce, you may be just working a lot, you may be you may have had to move out of the home that you lived in for years. If you're emotionally drained, it may not be time for you to date just yet. Give yourself a little bit of time to heal, not completely, just enough so you can have that space where you don't feel completely drained and that you have something to offer another individual. Number eight, compromise is harder than it used to be. This is an interesting one. Is compromise really harder than it used to be? I mean, we do get stubborn and set in our ways as we get older, but I don't know. I feel like I have, I feel like I'm more willing to compromise the older I get. But I don't know. Maybe it's a case-by-case -case basis. Uh, maybe it is harder, and I just don't see it. It's hard. It's hard to say. Number nine uh, kind of goes in with that same concept. You have less patience. Really? We have less patience? I feel. I believe I have more patience. I. But maybe I'm wrong. Again, that might be for someone else to determine. Uh, number ten. Uh, no, sorry. Yes, number 10. I was going to read something different. Number 10, you have fewer single friends, and this is true. Compared to when you're in your 20s, uh, now that you're in your 50s or over the age of 45, whatever, yes, that's true. 
you have fewer single friends. So it's when you go out, you're going out with couples, and many people can't relate to what you're going through. That being said, there are many people out there that are in the same boat as you. And also, the beauty of technology means you can reach out to other people who are in the same boat, even if you don't date them. You can reach out to chat rooms and chat about this stuff, but because what you're feeling, other people feel as well. Number 11, the rules of the game have changed. And I just put a question mark here next to the word how. How have the rules of the game changed? Have they? I guess with the, I mean, I when I dated in my 20s, online dating wasn't really a thing like it is now. But have the rules changed? I don't think, I don't believe the rules have changed that much. There are many women out there that, want to be want to be on equal kind of an equal plane uh, I believe it's okay for a woman to pay for a date if she asks to do so you know let her because it may be an insult if you step in and say oh no 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 I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it you put your money away that can be insulting if uh, she wants to let her let her uh, but I mean there's common just chivalry that I believe most women do appreciate holding doors and I believe it's okay to even say that they look nice as long as you recognize the thoughtfulness of what they're saying and acknowledge it in the same way number 12 you dread technology I am I don't dread technology I love technology I love how we can text one another. I love how I can use my phone to get to certain places. And this is important when you're meeting with someone, especially in a neutral place that you're kind of familiar with, but may need directions to because you're not that familiar. Um, if someone dreads technology that I find on an online dating site, I can kind of tell right away and the conversation doesn't go too far because I find that they don't use the platform that much because they have difficulty navigating it. Uh, I don't have that problem. Now some people may. Number 13, you feel like you could be a target. And this must be difficult for women who are going on dating sites. as. Many of you listeners know I fall into the trap of watching true crime YouTube episodes one after the other. And many of these involve women being kidnapped, murdered, after meeting some creepy guy on Tinder. And I recognize the risk vulnerable women are taking in just meeting people uh, for the first time. And it takes courage. It takes a lot of courage. Uh, so uh, from a male perspective, I've been targeted by a few who are scammers that are looking for money. I can recognize those people right away. One was a woman who claimed to be an art dealer who was in Europe for two weeks before we agreed to meet. And then she's flying back, but 
realizes uh, she needs money to ship her paintings back to the United States and her lost her wallet. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen, but I'll pay you back, she says. Oh, goodness. I mean, it's unfortunate that many men, probably men who are older, not te technologically savvy, are just aware of what goes on in our society. I mean, unfortunately, uh, people get taken advantage of by scammers. Excuse me, I just had to have a drink of water. Uh, number 14, you can't help but compare, and that's true, we all do it. When we go out on dates, we, uh, we can't help but compare this person to past relationships or past dates. We try not to, we're all different, but we can't help but compare. You think about how wonderful it was when you first met your spouse and that infatuation you felt, that love at first sight feeling, and all that stuff from yesteryear that you expect to happen again. And rationally, we know that that's setting a high expectation, but at the same time, we just can't help but remember that and we desire that. Number 15, your sexual health has shifted. That is certainly true. Yep. And I mentioned that before. It's just, uh, for me, it's not the number one uh, priority. Not that it was when I was dating in my 20s either. Because um, I didn't look to just hook up initially on the first date. But at the same time, it was always in the back of my mind while I was out on a date where it's not so much, you know, on the front of my mind when I'm dating now. Uh, I can honestly say that. It's just not as much of a priority as it used to be. Uh, number 15, that was number 15, I'm sorry. Number 16, the dating pool is smaller. It, it is, it is, and this is scary. Uh, one thing I've noticed on dating sites is, uh, especially where I live in rural central Maine, uh, mid-coast Maine, yeah, there aren't many uh, people uh, out there that are in my age group that are single on these online dating sites compared to what I would imagine, because I don't look, at uh, uh, you know, the younger population that are on these sites that typically use Tinder. There are many people that are single in their 20s, probably even 30s now is... We tend to, uh, as a society, get married later and later in life. Uh, so, yeah, the, the older you get, the smaller the dating pool becomes. And there are some people that are single in our generation, the Gen X generation, that have just given up, have decided not to date. I, I do know people that uh, are in that boat, if you will. And going back to number 10, you have fewer single friends. Yeah, so I wanted to say something about that before I go before I go on. You have fewer single friends, so don't expect that you're going to go out with a bunch of single guys your age and meet up with women your age. It just doesn't happen. It goes along with the dating pool being smaller, too. And guys, don't be that creepy guy 
who's 50 years old or older that goes out with a bunch of single guys in their 20s expecting to hook up or date somebody close to half your age. I mean, gross. Don't be that guy. That's creepy. Okay. It's just, don't go, don't be the midlife crisis guy that all of a sudden is trying to relive some sort of lost youth. Please don't. It's creepy. I believe it's unattractive. If uh, you have success dating women uh, close to half your age, uh, I don't want to give you a high five. I just uh, pity you. And maybe that's mean for me to say, but single guys over 50, don't be that guy. Number 17, fear of being alone could be a primary motivation to date, and don't let it be, okay? We all have that fear of being alone, but if the fear of being alone is the primary factor in you meeting someone, you're going to meet someone under the wrong pretenses, and the chemistry is not going to be there, and problems could happen due to the lack of chemistry, and, you know, Take your time, take deep breaths, become happy with yourself. Being alone is a choice, okay? It doesn't mean you have to find a partner right away. What it does mean is find a group of people or a person to talk to to hang out with and don't sit by yourself in your house, apartment, or whatever, okay? You can get over that fear of being alone just by interacting with other people. It doesn't have to be on a date, right? So, and again, be patient. It may take time. It may take years. And we do have years. We're not that old yet. We're okay, all right? So as I drink my, I will be drinking my Starbucks coffee in the morning, and I will truly savor it. And I will not think at all about how I purchased this Starbucks coffee at the used food store. And you know what? It'll be every bit as good as if I bought it at the regular grocery store. Our regular grocery store being Hannaford. In comparison, you, my Gen X single friends, are every bit as good as you have always been. In fact... Unlike the damaged goods at the liquidation store, your best may be yet to arrive. I was going to say the best is yet to come, but I didn't want to get into that uh, Kimberly Guilfoyle thing, Trump. Uh, anyway, as always, I appreciate you listening. I said that at the top, and I'll say it again as I just did. I truly, truly, truly appreciate you. And until next time, shout out to Tattooed Squid as I was on his podcast last night. It likely won't come out for a couple months. When it does, I will let you know. I love you all, and please be well. Take care.